Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis. I'm trying not to shout as much as I used to since I put on your headphones and they burst my eardrums when mm-hmm. I spoke. And I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How was your weekend? Lot of Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, yeah? That was my Sunday. But on my on the Saturday, I went round my friend's house, and I played Mario Party for the first time ever, I think. Yeah, I found this baffling. You've never played a Mario Party game. Yeah. That was my university years. I was playing Mario Party 3 on the N64, and then... Mario Party 4 on the GameCube. I played it so, so much. You know, I had Coke and Hose, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. As a really cool film student. <laughs> and, yeah, I, like, my friend goes, he's, he's like, well, the best way to do this is the two-hour version. And I was like, oh, my God. We're going to play a simulated board game on a computer console. A computer console <laughs> for two hours. And uh, we played it. I was so into it. It's so good. It's great. It's amazing. I can't I, stop talking about it. I haven't it. played the Switch version, but, like, I mean, I really, really want a Switch. Because mm. at this point, I want to get... I mean, I'm well behind on playing Super Mario Odyssey, but I really want to play that. Breath of the Wild, I've heard, is a bit of all right. Smash Brothers is out now. I really want to play Mario Party. Not that massively into Pokemon, so I could probably give that a skip. But the Sega Mega Drive collection is now out on Switch, so I can play Streets of Rage on the move. Who doesn't want that in their lives? Doom's on there. I'd love to be able to play Doom on the move. There's a lot of stuff I'd like from a, for a Switch, but uh, I just don't think I'm going to be getting one anytime soon. Ah, oh, but it's Christmas. Well, I know, but we've had this... like. My parent, my mother asked, like, what do you want for Christmas? And I've asked for either a switch or an electric screwdriver, and I think I'm going to get the screwdriver. You and oh, you went in with... You gave her two very... One option is obviously the one you want, but you've given a cheaper option. Which, which I also want. Oh, but more than a switch. You can borrow my electric screwdriver. Yeah, but I have to keep giving it back to you. You haven't given it back to me yet. Well, I, know. I need it for one thing this weekend. But then what if I need it again? You can have it back after that. <laughs> you, it can live at your house. If it gets you a switch. Well, the downside, or the other side of this coin, is that my wife would rather we did not have one in the house. Because I think she I think she feels like I'm going to get far too into it, and then I'll just want to play that all the time. And that might into might eat into us, like, watching Grace and Frankie or watching stuff on Netflix and things like that. Yeah, because that sounds really rewarding, that she falls asleep in any way. Well, not sure if Grace and Frankie, she really enjoys that show, and yeah. I, I bloody love it as well. I think it's a terrific show. Uh, well, I would say that's one of the major benefits of the Switch because it it can very easily just cut the room in two. 
you know, like, oh, I don't really want to watch 24 hours in A&E. It makes me sad. <laughs> Get the Switch out. You watch that, Anna, and I'm just going to sit here on the I, Switch. I suppose, sorry if you can hear drilling. Mm. I suppose that might be where our relationships are slightly different because the wife and I don't watch separate shows. Like, if there is a show that... Neither do we. Like, if there is a show that I want to watch that my wife doesn't want to watch, I just won't watch it until she's out of the house, then I'll watch it on my own. If we are in the house together, then we're going to watch something that we both want to watch. Mm. So, yeah. 24 hours in a never on TV, because I never want to watch that show. It's far too sad. My wife, on the other hand, would love to watch it, but I'm like, no, 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 no. That show is depressing, and I would rather not go to work and then come home so I could just cry a lot. Yeah, it's very sad. It's so sad. Um, but how was, how was your weekend? My because weekend. You, you get grumpy if I don't ask you. <laughs> I feel like you're you asking me how my weekend was is actually a precursor, so I can ask you back. I get grumpy. I just put up my Christmas tree and it was excellent. Nice. Uh, watched a load of Christmas films uh, and did a big shop, so that was always good. And then on Sunday, it went round to my friend's house for a Christmas party. Uh, got uh, we did our Secret Santa gifts. My uh, I remember I told you this on Ramble Club, the ten dollar backers. I got my friend some uh, vintage, still-wrapped trading cards from Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's impressive. It's history. I've literally got him history. Uh, and they were very cool. He really was, he loved them. He was like, I was so impressed. But now he's torn because he doesn't know whether he wants to open up the packet because he mm. really wants to see the cards inside and see what the bubblegum might be like now that it's like 20-odd years old. Can you steam open it and then reseal it afterwards? Oh, it's quite because it's, this is old school like it's almost wrapped in paper as before wow. we like yeah oh okay not so, foil yeah it's not foil so it's it's harder to like unwrap and then possibly re restructure so he's a bit torn on that but i got a wicked present from my secret santa who I, was it uh my friend gary who's actually um the guy who got naked at your wedding he is the guy well it, say he got naked he kept taking his knob out yeah my mum had to tell him off and he's top off I didn't see that because I was doing other things. That's my lasting image of Gary. <laughs> Him Harvey Weinsteining the entire room. He's also our paladin uh, in my D&D group. Wow. Um, he, uh, yeah, he got me this book. It's called Cinemaps. And it is like maps of films, like the locations that they go with like oh, dotted cool. lines of where all the characters go at any point in the film. So you can essentially track one character's journey throughout a whole film. It was, I think the Goosebumps brilliant. movie would be good for that. That's yeah. got a real good sense of place. Yeah, it's really cool. Like there's uh, the Shinings in there. Mm -hmm. Basically, like it goes. I think the earliest movie that's in there is Metropolis, and it goes all the way up to Guardians of the Galaxy. So there's like a massive, and obviously Ghostbusters in there. So best book ever. Uh, that's the one I was reading. And there's like essays written about like character journeys through each of the films. Mm, it's cool. a brilliant book. I'm really looking forward to reading more of it. Laurie told me he got uh, the same thing that he was given last year. Did he really? Yeah, it was a T-shirt, a Dungeons and Dragons T-shirt joke. I, but I, well, no, no, he didn't get that. Our friend Dan, who's also in our D and D pie, he's our, uh, he's our orc, half orc. He got the same Dungeons and Dragons T-shirts. Uh -huh. That's uh, was just like I stand there, you know. Oh, I can't remember what it is now. But basically, it's a roll like you roll a, a critical fail, and then it mm. tells you a, a punchline at the end. He got one that was very similar last year. Everyone should get Wrestle Talk T-shirts. That's where it's at. Yes, I know, but then you also have to guess. Uh, I suppose there's two people that they could always guess between uh, who's got them a talk t-shirt within the Secret Santa. Because mm. that's the game that we play. Is you open up your gift, and then you have to try and guess who it was that got it for you. I think it's opened up into the mainstream. Wrestle talk. Wrestle people just wear talk t-shirts. Well, It's like Thrasher. 
<laughs> or the Ramones. My uh, my cousin was talking about getting a WrestleTalk t-shirt, so I was going to send her one uh, for Christmas. That might just steal from the studio rather than... No, no, you've got to buy that. She's <laughs> got to buy that. But, of course, we also did something else over the weekend on Friday night. We certainly did. I thought you might want to get into this because we've got a Rusev Hay that we want to uh, re- uh, read out, tell people, I guess. But, yeah, where were we on Friday night, Ollie Davis? Wherever we went, roads... We don't need we, roads. Well, we did need roads. Well, no, we don't because, I guess because just, we got them, yeah. Well, And he's just Cody now. He doesn't need the roads mm. name. He's just the American Nightmare. Uh, yeah, so we went to Fight Forever's debut show or the debut run of dates. This was their second one in London mm. in uh, York Hall, which is now like a home away from the office. A little, a little bit, yeah. And yeah, it was, it was really good. There, there was a cracking NXT UK match. Oh, it, it appears, was awesome. It appears like all the people who have been rumoured to sign to these NXT UK deals, which stops the, reportedly stops them working for other, like wrestling other people, uh, yeah, it just so happened they were all in the same match yeah. wrestling each other. It's weird. It's, w- it it's weird. Yeah, it was Grizzled Young Veterans versus Flash Morgan Webster and Travis Banks, which it was a terrific match. It was really, really good. good. I think, it, aside from the main event, it might have got the longest time. Mm, yeah. We had a really fun Jimmy Havoc. Well, because presumably they were meant to have four singles matches <laughs> with other people. Reportedly. Reportedly, of course, yeah. Um, yeah, there's no concrete evidence, despite all these no, wrestlers saying no. that it is true. Um, it's <laughs> reportedly. Um, uh, we also got uh, Shah Samuels, Jimmy Havoc having that a was fun, fun brawl around yeah. uh, the ring and to the bar. But I mean, I've got to I've got to shoot on York Hall a little bit here. I'm just going to grab oh, my pistol my and, and do some shooting. You and I have been to York Hall several times uh, for wrestling events. We've been a bunch of times. We've been to York Hall. Always had a great time. I bloody love going to York Hall. I think it's a terrific venue for wrestling. I think there's always a really really good atmosphere there. But come on, guys, sort out your bar situation. They, they are set up, their bar area is set up with, I think, eight tills. Or at the very least, it's a minimum of six. And yet every time we go there, it's like three of them are open. Or two of them are open. Only one of them is open up for card. This, this place was jam-packed. And there was only one half of the bar that was open. I mean... Just Cesaro. Come on, guys. Like... It's not, if this was their first ever wrestling event, they'd be like, oh, I just didn't expect it to be this busy. This is not your first rodeo. Sort it out. Yeah. The queue came out of the bar area. Well, you can still see the, the, yeah. the ring and everything. But then it went round into the where people were sat. Yeah. Quite a long way. So our editor, uh, Martin, went... Valiantly. Valiantly. What a hero. He said, I'll, I'll go get the first beers in. So we had like the opening ladder match, which was a lot of fun. He went up. And then was like, I'll go join the queue. And I didn't realize how massive this queue was. He was in the queue for the entirety of that Grizzled Young Veterans versus uh, Flash Morgan Webster and Travis Bank match. And some of the entrances of the following match. And as we said, that was a long tag match. Mm. It got the second longest time of the whole show. He was stood in a bar, or a queue for the bar, the entire time. Do you know he's what the mistake he made, though? What was that? He wasn't famous enough. Uh, because when this guy went to get beer, some lovely people in the crowd recognised me and was like, hey, come over here. And I went over there, started chatting to them, and then I, they were a lot further ahead in the queue. And I was just like, hey, if I gave you the money, could you buy my drinks for me? Mm. Like, sure, anything for you. We love you. <laughs> so that worked out well. But then you and I... Um 
and Fakador decided we're going to go get our photo taken with Cody. Well, should we save but that for the gonna, outro? I was going to say, yeah. let's save that for the outro. A bit of a tease there, a cliffhanger. Unfortunately, you've now got to listen to our in-depth Raw review, so sucks to be you guys. But we're going to be talking about Seth Rollins' promo that opens the show, and him, I've been shooting on your call. He's got some shooting words of his own on WWE Creative. Here's the show. Seth Rollins opened Raw uh, last night with a... How do you describe it? With his own burn it down bit playing over and over again in his entrance music. Which actually made it seem like more aggressive and more mm. like it seemed to amp the crowd up even more that there was constantly this shout of burn it down and Seth was like really into it and stuff like it wasn't like a full entrance for Seth he was already in the ring so in fact, it was like a real I hate to use the term hot start because then it was burn it down but it was a real hot start to the show. So much so did you because so it was in San Diego and did you see the guy Headbanging, headbanging hard to this new rendition of Rollins' entrance music. I don't know if this is going to be permanent, a permanent change. Uh, I'd have to see how it goes. Mm. It I- worked for this, though, because the essential theme of the promo was Seth saying, Raw's been crap. Yeah, this felt like the WWE writers just sat down and was like, this show has been awful over the last couple of weeks. Everyone has been saying this show has been awful. So let's just go out on Front Street and just say, yeah, this show has been awful, but it's all Baron Corbin's fault, isn't it? And then transfer the heat away from creative onto Baron Corbin. And it's actually led to a lot of people wondering whether this was just WWE's admittance of their show being bad and we're like, we'll try and do it better. Or the other conspiracy theory, one in a million is right, as you often put it, is that WWE have been purposefully booking shows badly for the last few weeks so that Seth could have this promo. No, this sounded like, this feels like something that was booked randomly. Yeah, 100%. I don't think Vince was there today. That's why the, okay, right, he's, he's gone. Uh, let's just do everything we want to do for a bit. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because that's how it seemed. It was like last week where Vince was reportedly backstage and rewrote much of the show last minute. This was a babyface episode. Very babyface episode. But within the confines of having a heel general manager, and I thought the balance was struck very, very well between making it feel like the heels had dominance of the programme, but at the same time giving enough babyface hope where you're like, hey... Let's take these guys on together. I also wonder as well, this show was booked to be a certain way, particularly with the main event that we got, because we're not getting a full brawn match this coming Sunday. And so, because we're not getting a, oh, shock, we're not getting a Baron Corbin TLC match, that's, and they're just going to have Braun come out, power slam and be on his way because he's not fully cleared to wrestle, reportedly. That they thought, well, if we do a full TLC match on Raw, that makes up for the fact we're not going to do one on Sunday. Mm, because SmackDown have a TLC match. Yeah, but that doesn't count. Raw's the A show. Exactly. Here. SmackDown's the B show full of losers that all lost at Survivor Series. I would say that's kind of true, though. Raw was A show. The last couple of weeks, but mm. maybe not the It was like a, a bad show is what mm. it has been. Although I thought last week's show, I mean, uh, and Fakedor thought it was broadly fine last week's show, which was a, as we said, a massive step up. Mm. And really, you want to you want to have a good show as you go home episode. And this was the go home episode to Sunday's TLC pay-per-view. I thought they did very well. But Seth's promo here, he immediately calls out Baron Corbin and just says, look, Record low. Well, I don't know if he said record low rating. He did say he did say the lowest TV ratings. Yeah. So that and this is this is like weird. Yeah. It's nice to. I don't know whether I did. Did I like it? 
I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't have done... If it was my show and I had record low ratings, I don't think... I would have kind of addressed it without explicitly saying it. The last... And it's... WWE do this a lot. Yeah. Where, where they incorporate their own bad writing into future storylines. Where Shane McMahon came back and said, Hey, Stephanie... It's record low ratings. By the way, those record low ratings were about a million viewers above what we've got now as the average. Uh-huh. So let me come back and let me save WWE. It's it's a weird like mold to be in, and WWE I find it very weird in this sense anyway because they often write they often we, they always say we're a, we're a show for kids, we're a PG show, we're targeting kids, we want to appeal to kids, and then they throw these promos where people come out and say like our TV ratings are bad. Kids don't care that no. TV ratings are bad. That those sorts of comments are written for us, mm. like and the people who are watching this show, the people that are sort of monitoring these things. So I, I because he said the, that's what he led with. He, he said TV ratings are down. Um, that's a great. Th- I guess you've got the the signed Fox deal now. You don't need to pretend anymore. Well, that's well, that's SmackDown, isn't it? SmackDown. I mean, SmackDown ratings are worse, mm. but they're going over to Raw, so you need to like they'll get better ratings, I guess. But then he said things that actually matter from a kayfabe story perspective, like the boys in the back are really frustrated, the fans are frustrated with you, Baron Corbin, for making this such a bad guy dominated show. You're choking Raw, and I was like, okay, like this is that's the direction I would have gone in. I just wouldn't have had the TV rating stuff. It's just weird. I said in my review that this wasn't so much a patient having a breakthrough in therapy where it's like, this is what I've been doing wrong all this time. It was more like when a monster that's already scary becomes self-aware and you're like, oh God, now his capacity for evil knows no bounds. Yeah. So that's what I got. But then he, like the example of the, frust- <laughs> the frustration backstage in the locker room was you've got an amazing tag team like the Revival Heel Act. They yeah. are Heels. a heel act. Yep. And you book them in Lucha House Rules matches week after week, which is an unfair thing. I'm like, well, that's what we've been saying, and that's what heel commentator Corey Graves has been saying. And the heels the Revival have been saying. But all the baby faces up until now on the programme have said that this is a hilarious Yes. Hijink. And last week, it was being teased on commentary that it was there was going to be a reveal of a new character. I'm not sure if you saw this, because no. you didn't watch all of Raw last week, because you didn't need to, you weren't here. It was great. It was <laughs> Maybe that's why I like this show so much. Watching it in clip yeah. formats. But they were talking about on commentary, hey, look, someone is making these rules. Someone is allowing Lucha House Party to have these rules. And so me and Fakador were saying, like, well, my, there must be some sort of babyface, like, GM or cruiserweight GM not, that's not Drake Maverick that they're going to introduce to be he's the or she has been the person that has been allowing the Lucha House Party babyface team to have these rules set in place. But then Seth came out and said, no, it was Baron Corbin. Why is Baron Corbin allowing it to happen? Why is Baron Corbin allowing the babyfaces to have the advantage over the heels when he is a heel? Yeah, it's just, it's... Like, Seth said stuff that I agree with. Yes. But if I treat this as everything that happens is real within the confines of the show, it is tremendously confusing. <laughs> and uh, But but that's, by the by, I did actually like all of this. Yeah. I thought Seth cut a great promo. He was so fired up, it was great. Yeah, it re- and the crowd were behind him. And it really did do a good job of putting a lot more heat on Baron Corbin. Like, up until this week, I've been very... Ah, Baron's like I like Baron Corbin as a character, but not to this extent. I don't think he should be pushed in the main events of shows. But it's actually made I, I 
at the end of this show, I didn't feel like he felt out of place yeah. in the main event. Just from a story perspective, I, I still don't think he's a main eventer. But uh, yeah, the, the heat transference worked. Yeah. And well done for that. You, you went about it in a very weird, weird way. But I think it, I think it worked actually. And you had like uh, Seth saying that you know you made the idiotic choice of putting the belt back on Brock Lesnar, you know, a guy who's never here. We don't have a Universal Championship again on this mm. show. Last time Brock had a match on Raw, it was 2002, and it really did feel like fan frustrations being channeled through Seth Rollins as like the great babyface. And Baron, to you know, in, his, in a brilliant performance, just went, I don't care. And it just sounded like he was the voice of Vince McMahon being channeled through. Vince McMahon was essentially behind him, hand up his yeah. ass, operating the mouth, going like, I don't care. What an image. <clears throat> He's got big forearms as well. That would <laughs> rip someone open. Mm. Uh, but the Baron Corbin did an interview recently where he said that Vince loves Corbin's general manager role. Of course he does. He's got snazzy waistcoats. But, but yeah, it's like that's what... Um, you can but Vince is probably like, oh, because you are my avatar. Yeah, exactly. I'm too old to do this now. You are my big blue man. Yeah, you are the new Vince McMahon. Yeah. You're the new Mr. McMahon character. You're just as good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this uh, this Seth goaded Baron Corbin into a TLC match for the main event, and Corbin was like, nah. And Seth did the usual, come on, chicken or C- coward. He coward. Coward. Fickle. Coward. Coward. Fickle. He just said, c- c- <laughs> so Baron Corbin kept being like, no, 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 I'm not a coward. He could, coward. Coward. Which coward. was good. Was good. It, it was good. And it goaded the heel into accepting this match. So we got a TLC main event on the show. That's why I think we're not getting one on Sunday. Well, usually I wouldn't like that. I don't like it when these are meant to be smart wrestlers. And unless you're AJ Styles, who we all know his main character flaw is, he's an emotional hothead. <laughs> it's, it's in every one it's of his every matches. Every week. one of his matches and promos. It's definitely always <laughs> there as a character trait. It's so consistent. Is <laughs> uh, Baron Corbin didn't just go for that and was like yeah alright then you, I'll, I'll show you I'm not a coward he went yeah okay and your intercontinental title's on the line mm. I'm like all of a sudden I was like okay this is an interesting wrinkle going into Sunday because I could totally see Seth losing the title because you can get Seth and Dean by themselves because the, they don't need the title the IC title can go to Braun Strowman I even started writing a joke for my review that's like because that match needed another thing on the line <laughs> now you've got the Intercontinental ti- title in there anyway yeah because the Baron match has got if Braun wins he gets a Universal Championship match at Royal Rumble if Baron wins he becomes uh, the permanent Raw GM what you wanted to then do is also be for the Intercontinental Championship yeah yeah and uh and Alicia Fox, <laughs> just someone lying around. Yeah. Uh, and then this paid off. I'd like that's a good main event. That is a a very exciting main event. I would say TLC match. Seth Rollins is in it well, for the yeah. IC title. Seth Possibility Rollins, of a title change. Seth Rollins in a TLC match for the IC title. That is an exciting thing. But as I've said, I love Baron Corbin as a character, but I'm not interested in seeing him wrestle. Mm. I thought, um, like I did enjoy Corbin in the resulting match, but. Another layer was added because my new favorite thing on Raw. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> is Heath Slater. Heath Slater, of course, uh, won his match against Rhino last week. This was a Baron Corbin thing he made them do. And I'm just recapping this for my own benefit more than anyone else because I didn't really see the, the show last week. And Corbin was like, hi, you won. You don't lose your job like Rhino just has. Of course, they were tag team brothers sometimes. That's also a consistent thing that's never changed. Mm -hmm. And 
You, but now you'll have to become a referee. Yes, you've got the lowly position of being a referee. But he's Baron Corbin's almost personal referee. And he's in a position at the moment, clearly the Barons told him on camera, and they did a very good job of putting this over on commentary, that he's afraid for his job. He needs to have this job, because if he doesn't have this job, then he doesn't have a job at all. So he has to do what Baron tells him, or do what he thinks that Baron wants him to do. And it creates a really interesting dynamic, particularly in the um, Leo Rush Elias mm. match earlier in the show, and then here. And it was got to the point, and they structured this match so well that I thought... Baron's winning. Yes. Baron's going to win the belt. I totally fell for it. Um, And the other thing with Heath is he's got a long history of putting over how many kids he's got. So we're already invested in Heath's livelihood. And now that's on the line. I'm I'm super... And Heath's performance, I've always really, really liked Heath Slater. Beyond just, I think, a lot of people's ironic appreciation for him Mm -hmm. and the 3MB days. I think he's a very, very good solid wrestler a great seller and comedy timing and facials wise he's amazing but i've only ever seen that in a comedy way here as the sort of beaten down not beaten down but like morally conflicted baby face i've got to do this to feed my kids but i'm i'm having to go against my morality i thought he's the way he communicated that with his face yeah. was flawless. I thought he was really, really mm. great in this role. And he had some. He had a, the big spot of this match. Really, was where Seth accidentally hit. Um, uh, did he hit him with a chair by accident? Um, yeah, um, he accidentally hit Heath with a chair. Seth did, and then he goes up to climb the ladder after hitting a frog splash uh, onto Corbin through the table on the outside. Goes to climb the ladder. Heath stops him. Heath stops him from winning, and and that was where I was like, what oh. Mm. Baron's winning here and then eventually Seth overcomes both Heath and Baron to win the match I thought it was a really really well booked match yeah because just, just, yeah, Heath's helping Baron up yeah yeah Heath and it like you can see his face he's like I don't want to do I do, do not want to be this way and that when Seth stops Baron climbing up there and they him and Heath have this face off Heath's, Heath's kind of like resigned like I deserve it yeah. so Seth super kicks him curb stomps Baron climbs up to retain the title and that's like the the frog splash to the outside through the table that's a pay-per-view level spot and on top of that you had a bunch of other things like the the three dives through the ropes Baron caught the last one put Seth through a table yeah uh, I, thought, I thought it was a really good match yeah, my only complaint I had about the match was sort of connected to that finish I suppose mm. which is that so uh, Rollins super kicks Heath out of the ring stomps Corbin then goes up and wins the belt and then the bell rings and I'm like well, who called for the bell because Heath's the referee there's no other referee down there maybe it was just like he didn't see it <laughs> he was just off camera by the ring apron pointing his finger because then it raises the question like if you don't need a referee there to signal for the bell to be rung why do you need a ref at all because mm. Jojo's just there to do it for everyone I that that's a good point um, but I thought I was more caught up in the huh that's clever because he's won a match here where he didn't need the referee to count it for him. Mm. But yes, you're right. The, the the bell sounding is difficult. And then Dean Ambrose comes out on the top of the ramp and stares down Seth. And usually I'm of the position where I want these big cliffhanger moments for go-home shows. So I have to tune in for TLC. But I really, I think this is a very solid B pay-per-view go-home angle. I agree. Seth Rollins has won this great, like, well, great, very good main event, and he looks really strong. Dean Ambrose comes out, I'm going to face you. I'm like, well, yeah, now now I'm into this. Yeah. Like, having people lose and baby faces lose all the time, We, I, I feel like we have been worked over 
in a tag team match. Yes. As viewers. And now we've had the hope spot last week, and this was the hot tag, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. I hope so. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So after that pretty good opening, I would say, it was a really good opening segment with Seth Rollins and... Baron Corbin, we got a tag title match right out the way. Well, I thought this was actually very smart booking in for WWE, not for WWE, but on WWE's part, credit to them, is that essentially what they did in the opening segment was set up that there is a title match later on tonight. The very next segment, titles change hands, which sets you up for the rest of the night. Oh, titles can change hands mm. on Raw. We might get a title change later in the show. Try and convince people to stick around for the rest of the show and watch it, because there's always that massive third hour drop off this show really did feel like it was designed to make people stick around for that third hour what a novel concept I know it's crazy isn't it encouraging people enticing viewers to sit through the entirety of your show yes it's it's uh, it's really groundbreaking stuff plus I I thought you were going to go a different route I thought because the opening segment was Seth Rollins saying how bad Raw has been didn't say booking wise but he said it's frustrating for the fans and I don't think there's anything that's been more frustrating and widely critically panned than Drake Maverick pissing his pants and then pissing on Bobby Roode's robe. Which then builds into this uh, Chad Gable and Bobby Roode taking on Drake Maverick and AOP in an AOP house rules match. Yes, yeah. And it's for the tag title. So you're like, okay, all these... We're voice. We've heard your concerns and here we're course correcting in the very next segment. Yeah. Because what happened... Uh, 
They, it was a very short match because I think a lot of it was in the commercial break. Yeah, it was very much so. Um, although Rude and Gable now have matching gear and robes, so, you know, they're being taken seriously as a team now. I like that. I thought they looked really good in the robes together. Yeah. Not so much in the trunks. <laughs> yeah. But I like them in the robes together. Gable is just so likeable. And Rude is a really solid promo. Yeah. But after the match, they just did an, a backstage interview thing. Gable just blew him out the water in terms of just being natural. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And yeah, you're right. This wasn't like this wasn't much of a match because it was very much like AOP dominated. But and I've seen a few people say like, ah, oh, this was a really smart move by WWE by having Drake Maverick be in there. Drake Maverick was the one that took the pin. He essentially. AOP did all the work, then he got in and he was like, I'm Drake Maverick, oh, I'm going to do a glorious pin, blah, blah, blah. and then gets rolled up and, and they lose the tag belts. And that in itself is kind of right, but at the same time it makes AOP look like complete dunderheads, because why on earth would you <coughs> tag in Drake Maverick? Yeah, presumably because you thought you had... I mean, you just hit the super collider on Rude. Doesn't matter, he's not I a... I know. In, th in this world, he is not a wrestler. Yeah. He is their manager. You wouldn't tag in Paul Ellering... When you're like these massive behemoths, you do all the legwork, he just stands on the ringside. I thought it made them look uh, quite silly to be like, oh, okay. And no, it wasn't even at the ending. They did it throughout the match. Mm. They kept being like, better tag in Drake now. We need to, I need to have a rest. Yeah, it, ma it makes Maverick look like the boss of this situation when really you want them to be, you don't want that kind of dynamic too heavily enforced. I, uh, I'm treating, because overall, this is just... This is just a disaster. <laughs> this is just the cherry on top of a disaster because it's been a terrible feud. You've now scuppered Gable and Rude's first tag team win as just like, oh, we need to really reset the tag team division. Let's just put the titles on someone else. That's not I. That's not what I wanted for Rude and Gable. I wanted them to have this long underdog, underdog story win and then Rude turns on Gable down the line. But that's been undermined now and you've also undermined AOP. So I'm just treating this as... It's over. It's a, well, is well, it though? I automatic I think, rematch clause. I think that they're not going to have a match at TLC. So next week, might do. Next, God, that's a long card already. <laughs> next week, soft reset. Drake Maverick's nowhere to be seen. Oh, interesting. This, this is such a shame because Drake Maverick, Rockstar Spud, is fantastic. It certainly is. But you, WWE, you somehow gave him something that even he couldn't make work. Yeah. And he can, he honestly, that's what I always thought about him. He can make anything work. And you broke him, WWE. Yeah. So thank, thank God they, they have an insurance policy where he can just go back to 205 Live and continue being that character, which is a, a success. But I, th I hope next week that's AOP and Maverick over. It also means as well, like yesterday, I recorded um, one of our, we're doing all of our Christmas videos in advance, and I recorded a video about NXT call-ups, uh, and I talked about like, AOP have only done really well because they won the tag team titles. Look what's happened here, now I'm going to go back and re-record something, I've got to add an oh, addendum onto that you video. You don't have to, you could just say they won the tag team titles, that's not been oh, man. written this out is, of history. This is YouTube. They'll be the first thing that people, every comment will just be, oh, actually I find they lost them at Raw. So do you want to, do you want a fact? I'd love a fact. I'll give you a fact. Both Gable and Jason Jordan have both been Raw Tag Team Champions now, not with each other. That is a fact. Fact. That is a fact. Next up, we got Natalia cutting a promo on Ruby Riot. And here's a fact for you. Basing a feud on broken sunglasses. <laughs> 
is going to sound silly. No matter how... And I thought Natty did a good promo here. She teared up a bit. She's talking about the real-life death of her father, which happened only a few months ago, Jim the Anvil Neidhart. But when you say you destroyed his legacy when you broke his sunglasses, that takes me out of it. Mate, there was a line in here where she said, uh, Ruby disrespected my father. Ruby's been going around here claiming that the only reason I'm in this business is because of my last name. And I was like, has she? Have, have we seen one promo from Ruby Wright where she has said that? They've never done this. All they've done is they broke her sunglasses one week, then put her through a table the following week. There's nothing else to this feud. It's like, this is good stuff. This is good motivation. Excellent for motivation. But do it before, like, do it as the whole thing. Where's it been? Yeah. It was. It really did feel like they suddenly looked at this match and was like, oh, dang, we've put this on the main show. We better give it something, I yeah. guess. Can you go out there and cut a five-minute promo to, like, essentially build a whole new story? And I'm just like, that's not what you said. <laughs> Something doesn't feel right about this. And I've, I mean, granted, I watch this show on my own. Like at five o'clock in the morning, I get up and I watch this show. I have a cup of tea and I eat my toast and I watch this show on my own. And there was a moment when Natalia said, goes, you said that the only reason I'm in this business, the only reason I'm in this company is for, because of my last name. That's not true at all. Remember the Montreal screw job? And I just loudly shouted out, oh, F off. <laughs> Loudly as I possibly could. Yeah. I'm like, why are we bringing this up now? What's that got to do with anything? Because it people like people like tune out sometimes, <laughs> and they hear words, and I recognise that word, and they cheer. So maybe that was it. Uh, I I just uh, I thought saying you destroyed his legacy when you broke his sunglasses just made it sound like they were haunted sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, if only they were. It's, I, it's, yeah, that would be a, a really fun feud. But then, again, we got something that was good at this. Because this whole segment, like, if this was five minutes worth of promo time that was, like, three weeks worth of storyline just condensed into this five-minute promo. Mm. And at the end of it, I was like, actually, I'm quite looking forward to this match on Sunday now. Because the Riot Squad come out, Ruby sends the other two to the back, but they've got a mystery table that they want to unveil. And it's like, I'm going to put you through this table, and I can't wait to put you through this table. And they unveil it, and it's got a big picture of Jim the Anvil Neidhart, on it and everyone goes oh that's low and Natty's crying in the ring it's like you're a disgrace to your family and it's like and this table is the gift that keeps on giving I thought Ruby cut a really really good heel promo granted I would have thought that Natalia should have been a bit more angry about it rather than just sort of standing in the ring going like that is mean I've written that hair I was like what are the, are the ring ropes electrified <laughs> run at her like, this her. is really nasty stuff <laughs> go and beat her up chase her off no. I uh I, I actually went lower than WWE. Uh, they, I still think this was a tad exploitative because I think you should only use stuff like this when it's a really hot feud already. And this is like to use a real life death just for a filler feud and the crowd aren't really into it. Like if the crowd were actually reacting, I'd be like, "Yeah, you got a good pop out of it." But the crowd aren't really reacting to it. Well, yeah, and that's because like Ruby keeps saying, like everyone knows how close you are or how close you were with your father. I was like, "Well, I imagine people who watch Total Divas mm. know," but like yeah. the the regular audience having a Scooby Doo. But when she um before she unveiled the table because it was under a cover, I thought they've got the coffin there. <laughs> 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 just like I'm not, I'm not saying that's funny. I'm saying that's awful. But that's where I thought they were going. Yeah. And uh, so I was like, 
oh, that's not that bad, actually, in comparison. I thought it was going to be lamer, I'll be honest with you. Mm. I thought it was going to be a table with, like, Jim's name written in condiments or something like that. Yeah, written in mustard. Uh, But this was a lean segment. I thought this was over really quickly. (laughs) And, like, usually WWE promo things go 15 minutes or 10, 15 minutes. But this was very lean. Mm -hmm. So, well done. And like you said, it did... It is an undercard feud, and even though it is a bit exploitative, they have made something of this. And it's a gimmick match. It's the it's the T of TLC. Mm. We're not getting a chairs match by all accounts unless we get one added to tonight's show. Maybe it'll be a Randy Ray match, maybe? Potentially. Potentially. Um, Drew McIntyre cut a great promo. Well, Dolph got a promo before that. Oh, did he? Yeah, it was a cell phone promo. Oh, that's... I just went over my head, yeah. I think. He essentially said uh, that he's not a good guy. He's not a bad guy. Um, What's that going? Well, he just said, he goes, I'm Dolph Ziggler. Mm. I don't need Finn Balor. Because, like, everyone was saying that, oh, Dolph uh, turned babyface last week. But apparently, he didn't. He's just... I mean... Why have momentum? Just cut, just cut, <laughs> just cut that off and just say I'm actually nothing. Yeah, yeah. Don't uh, don't invest in me either way. Or maybe just trying to be a. They, they've seen Becky Lynch, and everyone needs to be a tween. And well, that's going to say that's your that's the whole before then, isn't it? It's like, mm. well, this is successful, so let's just do it across everyone. It's the the Hollywood mentality. If it's like this one film was really successful, make me a film that's just like it and do everything that that film did, but with a different backgrounds mm. and then that film's not as quite successful I'm like well those films just aren't successful are <laughs> yeah they? yeah uh, but afterwards drew cut a really solid promo in yeah. the ring with i think charlie caruso she was all over this show yeah so i'm just she, saying she's not the other one who i think is dasher oh, maybe i'm pretty it was I'm dasher pr- no dasher was doing some of the backstage ones i think this might have uh, been charlie i thought they were the same person <laughs> oh my god so okay all my notes are confused now if I'm talking about a backstage interviewer. No, no, I think Charlie want... did some of the backstage ones as well. Ah, they look way too similar. White girls. They all look the same. <laughs> white, <to me. laughs> white brunette girls. Yeah. Give them personality. It won't hurt them. And it mm. won't hurt anyone else either. And uh, I just, I thought, so he said, like, he's the last man in WWE and... Stealing Silas Young's gimmick. Yeah, and, and then he, like, shouted at, the, at the, the fans, being like, you might not like me, but respect me. Yeah. I just thought... Yeah, like it's that it's that actual, it's a heel who can back up what he's saying. And yeah. like he's got like, he does have a moral code in a way, however warped it is. I, I, I think Drew's fantastic. And I love the way that he sort of said, yeah, I mean, I lost last week, but no man stays undefeated. Mm. You know, Andre the Giant yeah. was undefeated. The Undertaker lost his WrestleMania streak. I mean, he didn't bring it up because it said Asuka, you know, didn't keep her undefeated streak. He said, sometimes you've got to lose, but it's what you do after that that counts. He's going to tag team with Naomi now. <laughs> a mixed match challenge. Oh, well, I mean, they're changing everyone else on that show. Yeah. May as, Drew, Drew may as well go into it. If you win, you get the number 30 spot and... An all-expenses-paid vacation to a destination <laughs> of your choice. Uh, uh, I thought these two had a great match. They they had like five minutes of actual TV time, and it started really hot with them just doing some strikes. And it goes for a break, comes back, and both guys are like laying down like they've been in a twenty-minute war. But somehow, yeah. like I I bought into that. Yeah. And uh, like because th- there's a bit where Dolph went for a super kick but just collapsed really great way of selling fatigue there was such a close 
tank out spot with yeah, Drew on the outside. It was playing off the one from last week. Ah, right, I missed that one. Yeah, so like because Balor drop kicked um, Drew on the outside into the barricade, and he just got in at nine, and that's when Dolph hit the super mm. kick and pinned him. So they're playing off that finish here, where he just got in. Dolph went for the super kick, but this time collapsed because of the the beatdown uh, that he received from Drew. And uh, so I thought it was very good actually. Yeah, the, and there was a a second rope air raid crash from Drew on Dolph, which did. To, to the announcer's credit, they played up really well. I was like, oh, he's... Yeah, Finley Slam. Finley Slam, the the driver thing. <laughs> Which uh, And it looked like Dolph really, really got hurt. He landed really oh. hard on his arm. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a flat back bump in the end. He landed like on his side. It looked like it sucked. Yeah. And then uh, he hit the zigzag out of nowhere for a really good near fall. And then Drew hit the Claymore out of nowhere to get the win. I thought it was a solid, solid match. And all that stuff, like that sounds... Recap-wise, like a 10-15 minute match. That was all in five minutes of TV time. Yeah. Uh, so it, it felt like... And it was just like another really good segment. This this show flew by for me. Yeah, it really did. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was really good. Um, but yeah, Drew keeps beating down Dolph afterwards and the referees tell him to go away. Which, again, gets over Baron's mates. Mm. They're on top of Raw right now. Uh, so I like that. Then we got probably the joint dud... Of the show, which was Bailey taking on Alicia Fox. This match, right? So Sasha Banks comes out first, and then Bailey comes out. So I overgo. Okay, so it's Bailey and Sasha Banks, and then they said, and uh, Alicia Fox will be in action next. And I was like, okay, so it'll be Alicia Fox and Dana Brooke, maybe. Yeah. Then Jinder comes out. And I'm like, is Jinder in the match? And then Alicia Fox came. Out, and I was like, is there? Does she have a tag team partner? And they're like, and it's a singles match between Bailey and Alicia Fox. And I'm like, oh, okay, my notes are well wrong then. I think they just say. Everyone go out there. We'll decide who's facing who when we come back from break. Yeah. So this was where we announced that Finn Balor, who'd been taken off live events over the weekend, um, has also been taken out of Mixed Match Challenge. So that's just, it's another casualty of Mixed Match Challenge. I've actually got uh, the whole like list. Like anyone of, cares. I've got the whole list of people that have been replaced mm. in Mixed Match Challenge. If I just bring up my new script. Fill in for me while I get this. Uh Oh, excellent. So I thought you were actually... <laughs> this is terrible filling in for podcasts. I was going to say, for the podcast. Come on, mate. Uh, where are we? Here we go. So, first off, um, uh, Alexa Bliss was replaced by Ember Moon with her team with Braun Strowman. Kevin Owens replaced Bobby... Uh, or Bobby Roode replaced Kevin Owens and his team with Natalia. Mickey James replaced Sasha Banks in her team. Uh, Jeff Hardy replaced AJ Styles in his team with Charlotte Flair. Kurt Hawkins replaced Braun Strowman in what was meant to be his team with Alexa Bliss, but ended up being his team with Ember Moon, and is now Ember Moon and Kurt Hawkins. And now Balor's been taken out as well. Is Charlotte still in it as well? She didn't make it through to the semi-finals because okay. the semi-finals were supposed to be Balor and Bailey versus Jinder and Alicia for, for Raw, and then the SmackDown side was Carmella and r Truth versus Asuka and The Miz. And then those two, then the finals take place at TLC with the winners getting the number 30 spots uh, at the Royal Rumble, as well as that all expenses paid vacation to a destination of their choice. Just absolute lunacy. Which like, and when you start this, when they start this tournament and they announce like you're getting the number 30 winners and you've got like these names like Charlotte and you've got Asuka and you've got AJ Styles, you've got these big names in the tournament, Braun Strowman, you're like, okay, so they really are taking this seriously then. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's like, yeah, Jinder and Alicia are like, now they made it to the f- semi-finals. What? They were like zero for four. How did they make it to this point? 
uh, because no one knows what the teams are anymore. <laughs> so it's that old philosophical argument about, you know, I've got this broom, I've had it for 20 years, but I've changed the handle five times and the brush seven times. Is it the same broom? Yeah. Are these the same teams? You say it's a philosophical point. It's a joke from only fools and horses. That doesn't make it any less of a philosophical <laughs> point. So, yeah, so Mixed Match Challenge is it's still <coughs> going on. Um, and it, I'd imagine now, based that you get the uh, the destination, the holiday destination of your choice, that Carmella oh. and our truth are winning because wacky backstage skits can happen. Uh, so how does Apollo Cruz factor into all this? So he's replacing Finn Balor because Balor, right. is, so Balor is not injured. He's according to PW Insider, he's unwell. Mm. Uh, he picked up a bug while they were over in South America, so he was sent home. Uh, but it, they say that they're expecting him to be fine for TLC, which is why they were still advertising his match with Drew. Good to hear. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Bailey and Alicia Fox were having a match. The Singh brothers got up on the ring apron. This brought out Apollo Crews, even though Sasha Banks was out there. Some scuffles happened, and Apollo used Banks as a weapon at yes. one point. And a lot of people have screen capped this and sent it across to us with everyone saying, oh, you'll enjoy this. Because he's got his hand close to her vagina. Has he? Yes. Oh, well, I th I'm sure it was a heat of the moment thing and not a, a Me Too scandal. So after that, I mean, Bailey won. Oh, Bailey won, yeah. Uh, not that that matters. Dean Ambrose gets a promo backstage with Charlie Caruso and or Dasha Fuentes. I think this one was... I've written Charlie. So I've written I'm, Charlie. I think we're going to go with Charlie. <laughs> I used to be really good at these. I take one week out. <laughs> Um, but Dean's there with his Bane jacket, and even though I, I've just I've just got to make peace with this, they're not going with the really fascinating, deep, complex character he had after the initial heel turn, and now he's something different. But Dean's delivery and performance is so good, it's you know you can't complain too much, I suppose. And well, his, I have though. And but. his uh, Del Boy coat is very nice. Oh, it's the Bane coat. I wonder, you see, it looks like a, it looks, it looks like the Bane coat when he has the gas mask on. When he takes off, he looks like Del Boy. <laughs> uh, God, two only fools and horses mentioned. That's what show. people come to this show for. Uh, Laurie made a big break reference in his weekend video. It's only a game show. Andy Datsun had never heard of that show. Grant, I mean, he is like, I'm like 15 years mm, younger Datsun than Datsun was born three years ago. <laughs> and Charlie plays a video. Which was awkward. She's yeah. like, you know, we say all these things, but what do you think about what Roman would think? And Dean goes, Roman, who cares? And then they play a recap package of, you know, Roman's announcement, Dean turning that night. And I was like, oh, my God, what a heel turn this was. Yeah. It was so emotional. And and then they kind of cut out all the bits. Of the germaphobe stuff. The, the stupid stuff. And then it heart, like, jumped forward in time to the jacket promo from last week. And then, I, yeah, just, it, I was like, oh, that's a, shame. that's a shame. And then it cuts back, and Ambrose just walks off. Yeah. Doesn't answer. Which it, kind, of, kind of kind of hints to me that he does feel some regret and and heartbreak, but he's, he's just yeah. venting. I would like to think that because they cut out the hide-and-seek stuff and they cut out the germaphobe stuff, that they're dropping that element of his character, and they are going back to that original heel turn conflicted that's why he sort of walked away from the promo package because i'd imagine this is going to be the video package that's played before 
TL, their TLC match this Sunday, mm. and I hope it is. And I really, I've said this before about WWE, right? Because they're so good at doing video packages. I wish they did this more. Show you those hype packages on Raw, where you've got a lot of eyes watching it to try and make people excited about those matches. And I don't know, order the network, mm. or like uh, maybe for the Ruby Riot Natalia feud, just have loads of clips they filmed this week of Ruby going around saying. Natalia's only here because of her last name. Well, or that, I bet you it's uh, she's probably been doing it all on the Twitter or maybe mm. on Instagram. On the Twitter. Uh, apologies if you can hear any drilling. It's just the way it is around here sometimes. Yep, we thought it would be done by now. Uh, so next up, another good segment. Like another... The, Elias is in the ring. He... He says that Bobby Lashley has been trashing your local sports team, San Diego. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. It's meta your local sports team. This is so weird. It doesn't it doesn't seem right. No, I know it's weird, isn't it? I went like I do I liked it, but I wish they just wouldn't go near that. Because yeah. I just think you're the guy that got the nuclear heat two months ago in Seattle. Well, it doesn't work as well when you say, like, oh, a little birdie has told me that this other person has said this bad thing about mm. your local sports team. Because last week, he did a your local sports team reference, but it was a good thing. Mm. It was like, your local sports team is very good. So maybe just do that. Yeah, yeah. But Vince bloody loves a your local sports team reference, and Elias is about the only person who can do it. He does a, a pretty fun song about how Lashley sucks. It was like a, just a... He played it straight, but the last line was... Nah, I'm thinking about Bobby Lashley being rubbish. Yeah. So that was funny. But then Heath Slater comes down as a referee. This was the first installment of the Heath Slater storyline since last week. And he's uh, yeah, he just looks so conflicted and beaten down. But this is Leo Rush versus Elias. Yeah, this really was the 205 Live managers getting action this yeah. week. And Leo was thrown around by Elias. Pretty much. Just treated like... And I got... Part of me was like, oh, I wish... Rush could have done more of his athletic stuff, and then you could kind of build him as a featured performer on the wall. He's a manager, man. Yeah. Well, a manager, he's a hype man, sorry. But then, like, I thought he is, like you said, he is a manager, and at the moment, that's not the best use of him. So, and he got a few cool bits, but Elias dominates it. Elias has it won with a sit down powerbomb. Heath's going to count the fall, but Bobby Lashley runs him, breaks it up. Heath's going to go, okay, it's a DQ then. And Bobby's like, no, mate. No, it's not. And he intimidates him, and Heath is just fantastic here. Uh, Leo goes outside, gets the guitar, some payback from last week when Elias smashed the guitar over, rushes back, and he hits Elias with it, pins him for the win. Yeah. Heath may be made to count the fall. And that sets up uh, a match for this Sunday. It's going to be Elias versus Bobby Lashley in a ladder match, but with a guitar hung above the ring, and it's the first person to pull down the guitar and use it as a weapon. So it's a pinfall match but you can use the guitar if you get it. So it's a guitar on a on a string match. Yeah, it's a guitar, on a, a pole guitar on a pole Yes, yeah. rule-wise. But, it, but it's not TLP. No. Or TPC, I suppose. TLG. <laughs> well, Tables, no. ladders, guitars. Well, no, because the ladder... Oh, I suppose it is still, because it would be TGC, because it might do a chairs match. Maybe TCPG? No, we've got... We've got Table We've match. got a tables match. There's, yeah. Is there no ladder? There's a there's, ladder, there's a ladder match, but it's technically a guitar match. Yeah. So, oh, I see. Yeah. So you got to replace the L. But there's no chairs at the moment. TLG. TLG. That's what this is called now. Tables, ladders, guitars. Oh my. Oh, and it worked so well when they added stairs to it that one year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after that, we get Heath Slater backstage. He's trying to go home after one match. Well, it's brilliant. He was. Just, he wasn't trying to go home. He just said, "I'm going home." 
And, yeah, and I loved yeah. it. It was basically just like, I'm done with this. I'm done. He's like, I'm going home. And he's like, no, no, no. You've got one more match, mate. Yeah, that was Baron saying that. Yeah. And then throughout the night, we got a Ronda Rousey, Nia Jax face-to-face segment with moderator Alexa Bliss. That is not a segment I was looking forward to. Nope. But maybe do it if you've advertised it all night because Alexa Bliss is there just to hold a microphone. Like, what is going on she with She didn't even her? hold the microphone because Nia took it off her, didn't yeah. she? Yeah. Yeah, she and then she, And then she, essentially, she played the Renee Young. She thanos into nowhere. I think... I Obviously, Bliss is injured. She cut, She's not medically cleared to compete. Hopefully, she will be. But she's great. Why are you just using her as background props? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, man, she could have been involved in that mixed match challenge nonsense from mm. earlier. It could have been worse. Uh, but uh, Nia, Jax come, yeah, she, Nia Jax comes out with Tamina, takes the mic off Alexa Bliss, and then just does a load of stuff about Ronda Rousey. She she got fiery near the end. She does, but I, I, we've said this before, but her heat has diminished since Survivor Series. Mm. And like even when she's now saying, like, I knocked out everyone's favourite Becky Lynch, no one reacts to it anymore. No. I don't think anyone buys into Nia as a viable contender for the Raw Women's Championship. Or they... They uh, so I've written here is what I think I've cracked it. <coughs> they were never booing Nia Jax because Nia Jax isn't over in the way WWE want her to be. They were reverse cheering Becky Lynch. Oh, I see. That's that's so interesting. All yeah. the booing wasn't all oh, Nia Jax. We hate you. It's like yeah. oh, well, the Becky Lynch isn't here. Well, my theory was that the crowd are booing heavily, but uh, Tamina is sucking it all up <laughs> and just being the, the heat vacuum this year. Vortex <laughs> of heat. <laughs> Don't need any of that, mate. <laughs> Crickets, that's what you're after. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, the... Oh, you've, you've put me off there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Nia Jax got, got angry and firing. just started randomly yelling bits in a kind of uncharismatic Nicolas Cage way. It, 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 it is a very Nicolas Cage performance. It did make me, like, take note. Because mm. after a while, I did find myself just drifting off. And then she'd go like, Bop! and I'd be like, oh, yeah. crikey, okay, yeah, take a note about that. Nia Jax isn't a good in-ring promo. No, although, I did say she's better as a heel because she feels less ba 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 when she's yeah. a baby face. But as a heel, she does feel like she could be more instead, which actually feels like there's more inflection to it. So Ronda comes out and uh, like says, well, I'm not here for a face-to-face, I'm here for a fight. So maybe it was for the best it was, that there was no face-to-face. Yeah, because this was brilliant because Ronda didn't come out smiling and glad-handing, handing out gloves to little girls at rings. So I know she came out with a mm. pissed-off look on her face. So like, I'm not here to talk, I'm here to fight and the crowd go way and i was like yes brilliant let's stop having her just come down to the ring and smiling even when she's been like brutalized and had her neck trapped in a chair or whatever it was at survivor series and then coming out the following night going like i'm ronda rousey Ooh, or, act- or actually talk, actually yeah that is a bit owie isn't it yeah uh tamina and nia Jax then completely surround the ring <laughs> By being there on was, opposite sides. There was no escape yeah. for, for Ronda Rousey. Thankfully, Ember Moon came down to... And even if Ember Moon had got up on the ring, there still would have been one more way mm. to escape. Uh, but she came out in Ronda's defence. And this turned into an Ember Moon versus Tamina match, which uh, I'm pretty sure I blacked out. Well, I mean, I've got one note, which is Tamina threw one of the worst super kicks I've ever seen. Mm. Ember wins. Yeah, Ember won because Jax got on the apron. Ronda kind of simultaneously pulled her down and threw her over the barricade yeah. at the same time. 
and that was enough so Ember could hit the Eclipse and win. You remember that um, Adam Cole super kick on Ricochet? Uh, oh, mid-air. Yeah, yeah, that mid-one. That's essentially what Tamina tried to do here, but it was the complete opposite of, of how cool that looked. Yeah. Uh, and then we got a Lars Sullivan video Because <laughs> <laughs> Lars Sullivan is no longer coming. Lars Sullivan is lurking. Ooh. <laughs> That is the most Vince McMahon thing. Yeah. He's not coming. He's lurking. He's too big a guy to lurk. <laughs> I think a lurking is more of a diminutive stature. But he's enormous. I love. One doesn't lurk when you're that big. <laughs> you impose. He's imposing in the background. <laughs> he's lurking. Yeah. How, th- how is that supposed to sound threatening? Oh, he's a freak. He's destroying. He's lurking. In the 50s, it would. Oh, maybe. It would be disturbing, maybe. When people didn't, you know, do top rope moves. The This was interesting from another reason, I thought. He directly referenced TLC. He said, TLC is this Sunday. And no matter what happens on it, my, like, my debut essentially is going to be the bigger thing. Uh, not, not necessarily saying it's going to be on Sunday, but I thought, oh, that is... Yep. It's not the same promo. It, yeah, it could very well be, because... Um, I mean, we've had this promo for a few old weeks now. I mean, it's been slightly different each time. Now he's lurking. Mm. But uh, maybe he'll just be... Maybe we'll just see him in the background shots (laughs) at TLC and backstage segments. Or he'll be like in the crowd eating popcorn. Just lurking around. Like the drifter. (laughs) He's the the lurker, Lars Sullivan. (laughs) Because the freak's a terrible name. Yeah, and the lurker is so much better. Yeah, the lurk accident. (laughs) Lurk Sullivan. Yep, lurk Sullivan. (laughs) Well, then it was the very good Baron Corbin, Seth Rollins main event. Yeah. It was a good show. I like really enjoyed said. this show. And yeah. we've we've made fun of it a lot, but it was. But it's in jest, man. Yeah, this was this was a very enjoyable episode of Raw. Yeah, thumbs up uh, from me. It, it was really entertaining. It was fun. Yeah, uh, really, and, really was. And I I thought it struck a good balance. Feuds progressed. There was some really great moments. The Heath Slater stuff is really, really engaging. And. I want to see TLC. Yep, and that's exactly what a go-home show should do. I'm, I thought it was a thumbs-up show. I need to correct my statement there. I want to see the Raw matches at TLC now. I already wanted to see the SmackDown ones. I was sold on those long ago. But Raw, I was like, well, who, ca- who cares? Are there only two... Do they only re- announce two of them on this show? Because there's Brian and AJ and the triple threat for the SmackDown women's. And there's the tag match. But they didn't... Re- I'm guessing that's on the kickoff show. Because I don't think they, they don't, when they were going through the cards, mm. I don't think they said, what's on, is there another match? Well, we'll, we'll do that tomorrow when uh, SmackDown's done. Of course, it's Wrestle League as well. Of course, the all, all important. All of our predictions will be tallied up over the course of three months to crown the first Wrestle League champion. And we've got, there are so many shows in this first batch that we're doing this because we've got TLC, we've got Wrestle Kingdom, we've got NXT TakeOver Philadelphia, we've got, uh, Phoenix rather, we've got the Rumble. TNA Homecoming. I was going to say Impact Impact Homecoming. Impact Homecoming. There's five shows before we announce our first loser of uh, Wrestle League. So there's so much to play for. This guy's already in front after Survivor Series and NXT. This guy is well at the bottom. Um, But yeah, I I gave it a core. I gave it four out of five. Well done, Raw. I think that is fair enough. And I also would have given it a core. I thought it was a, uh, yeah, a very, very fun show. So it was at the intermission uh, for the show. And uh, oh no, it wasn't. It was after the show, wasn't it? So the yes. main event had yeah, finished, yeah. and then it was going to be. There like, was no intermission. No, so there was going to be like a short break between the show finishing and the something to wrestle podcast. Well, not podcast. Something to wrestle live show with Conrad and Bruce, which I think 
based on the the amount that I did get to see, because we were taken aside by some very drunk people who wanted to say very nice things about us, um, is just Bruce doing impressions for like an hour and a half. Mm. And telling stories of what sounds like child abuse. Not what sounds like, 100% were like, like mental child abuse. And the crowd were going like, that's hilarious. Yeah, he told a story where Shane McMahon, as a young teenager, like 15, 16, 17 maybe, was going to get his ear pierced. And Linda was like, ask your dad. And Vince said, absolutely not. And Shane turns up at this thing where there's a lot of people the next day with an ear piercing. And he's going around and saying, hey, look at my ear piercing. Vince sees it, goes over, screams at him. Shane goes, ha, ha, ha. It's a clip on. No, no, no. The story is that Vince grabbed it and he's like, oh, let, let me look at it. Let me get a close look at it. And he ripped it, thinking it was real, revealing oh it to God. be a clip on. And yeah. then Shane was like, ma, 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 you fell for my silly little joke. It's not real. It's a clip on. So Vince then grabbed him by the head, threw him onto the kitchen counter, grabbed a knife out of a knife block and threatened to stab him in the ear, shouting, you want to get your effing ear pierced? You want to get your effing ear pierced? Yeah, but bearing in mind, this is this is Bruce Pritchard's story that he won't tell on the podcast. It's just like a live show thing. So we have no way of knowing if that's the rumour in innuendo or like how it went down. But everyone was like, ha ha ha. That's hilarious. That's so funny. Me, you and Fakador, are they like, <laughs> What? what? <laughs> That's awful. It's a, it's a horrendous story. Yeah, but the rest of it was impressions. Yeah. <laughs> it's just him going like, Mother Effer, just over and over mm. again. But The Godfather came out. He was a, he was good fun. Yeah, I didn't get to hear that bit because that guy was talking to me mm. for uh, very loudly. Yeah, he. Uh, we had to tell him to just be a bit quiet. Be a bit quiet. He had no idea who they were, which is why he didn't care. No, he only came, he only came to see the big draws. <laughs> Wrestle talk. Anyway. Anyway, so in the gap between, because I quite liked the, I like shorter wrestling shows. Mm. I think it went about two and a half hours, so no intermission. And then the gap between that and the something to wrestle with live show, Cody and Brandy Rhodes were in the ring to do a, a sort of live photo thing, a gimmicks. You, you sell your gimmicks, and. Of course, Cody was originally meant to wrestle uh, Jimmy. He was meant to in a no-holds-barred yeah, match. But Cody's meniscus thing, he's, he's got an injury, so he could, unfortunately couldn't wrestle. But he still came over and still did a lot, you know, to Did all the meet and greets. And he, yeah. like, he, like, opened every show to, like, mm. apologise that he couldn't be uh, wrestling. Um, uh, and actually, we spotted him while during Brandy's match with Viper... We spotted him through the curtain filming it on his yeah. phone. He posted that up on Twitter. No way. He did. And I was like, I bloody knew it was Cody. Yeah. Yeah, just like this hand that came round with a video, uh, his, his phone. Fakedor made me laugh. He was like, I'm pretty sure he could big league someone into doing that for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's what makes him Cody. He's just lovely and humble. And uh, yeah, but the, the whole time it was like half an hour. I was like, do I go? Because I didn't initially queue up. And it was 20 quid. Um I was like, oh, do I go? I don't want to. These never work out for me because I always feel like embarrassed and and just this horrible gut wrenching feeling inside afterwards. Like, why did you do that, Ollie? Yeah. But uh, I had enough drink and the queue was short enough where at the end I was like, I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. And I went up there and I was like, is it 20 pounds for one photo or can I have like a few people in the photo? And I'm like, you can have as many as you want for 20 quid. So, Luke, Laurie, get over here. And we got in the ring. Cody was like, "Hey, how's it going?" Didn't, obviously, didn't know who we are. Not Scooby Doo, yeah. and that's I prefer it that way. Yeah, and uh, he he gave like he let us hold the uh, the 
IWGP United States Championship. Heavy belt. Yeah. Heavy belt. And he said, it's sorry, sorry, it's so tattered. He was apologising to us. He said, sorry, it's really tattered. The leathers started to wear down. Hangman Page didn't treat it that well. Yeah. Was it Hangman? Or? I think it was, it was either Hangman or Juice, it was Juice, Juice Robinson, Juice Robinson. He, was, he was throwing shade at, yeah. I shook Brandy's hand. Mm-hmm. I shook Cody's hand. And after the photo was taken, I shook Cody's hand again because he went for it. And then I turned round to shake Brandy's hand and she was she was caught unaware. Like, why is this guy shaking my hand twice? <laughs> and then it, like I got very self aware and was like probably come off well, like a it's funny enough, fan. Because I saw you shake Brandy's hand for the second time, I was like, Oh, I should probably do it as well because I don't wanna look like I've only come here to see Cody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I showed Brandy's hand, but she was very nice about she it. Was very she was very nice. smiley, and I was like, really enjoyed your match with Viper earlier, and you know, shook Cody's hand, thanked him very much for for the meeting. I th- I thought the three of us did that meeting very well. I don't think we got it wrong at all. Well, but we had had a few drinks. I'm worried if someone filmed that, we're in the ring. I'm trying to kiss Brandy on the cheek. I'm putting the belt on. Yeah. Try try and whip <laughs> Cody into the ring. Well, <laughs> as we were getting out of the ring. Yeah. You know, the guy was standing there. He was like holding the ropes for for people to get out. Not Ollie Davis. I didn't need that. Ollie Davis did a flat back bump in the ring and then rolled out like yeah. he was uh, like he was Kane or the Undertaker. Yeah. Um, but my, I don't think we got our meeting wrong. I think the guy that was up on stage with the Godfather though did very much get his Ron wrong. Which which guy? So there was a segment during the show where the Godfather came out on stage and he sort of cut a bit of a promo about how like, hey, the Attitude Era man, that was a lot of fun. The Godfather on TV, that's just the Godfather in real life. <laughs> Want to come to my strip club, strip club in Las Vegas? I've got one over there. Blah 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 blah. You see what the Godfather's all about? <laughs> Usually I come out with some hoes, and I suddenly thought this panic I was like it's gonna be the women's match next yeah and and he's using this to introduce the women's match and I was a bit concerned um and then he was like "Uh, but hoes don't have passports so uh no hoes are coming out today boo yeah there was a bit of a boo from the crowd and then he was like but I've got some friends of mine who are going to come up instead it was people who'd bought VIP tickets to dance on stage with the godfather and it was just a row of white dudes you know, as you would imagine it is at these sort of shows. These row of white dudes all got up and they did their sort of embarrassing dancing. It was all very funny. And then the Godfather was just like, I just got to ask you guys, man. Like, why did you want to come up here and party with the Godfather? Why do you want to come up and dance on stage in front of all these people? Instantly, I was like, oh, someone's going to say something very bad. Someone's going to say something that they think is funny and it's going to die a death and it's going to be mad awkward. And then the first three guys gave brilliant answers and Knocked I was out the park and I was like we are onto an absolute winner here because one guy was like I just want to make my parents proud and I thought this was the <laughs> only way to do it. and I was like yes this is great and like they had really really good answers and then he got to this one guy who was wearing a Venom Club t-shirt and he was like why do you want to come up and dance with the Godfather and he just said like deadpan I thought Brandy would come up and dance with us and there was a genuine Ooh. There were, well, there was there was half of the audience. I've not maybe there was a pocket of the audience that were like, yeah, she's got boobs. She does a dance. Ooh, I'd love to see that. And then a larger portion that all went, oh. It was kind of like a, a laughing all. Because I, I certainly went, oh my god, he said that. <laughs> I was, uh, Cody's right behind you. I literally went. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. I turned around. There was a woman in the front row that had the biggest, like, <gasps> shocked face. <laughs> that She's made, a wrestler. That made me laugh a little bit. She had this bigger shocked face, but I was like, 
oh, it's not the line I would have gone with. No. No. Well, maybe he thought, like, oh, I'll say that I want to make my parents proud. Oh, damn, that guy just said it. Yeah. And, like, all these good lines were taken, and he panicked. Or maybe he just wanted to dance with Brandy Rhodes. The last guy was really good. He was dressed... As the Godfather. In silver shoes, like a suit, a red a red pork pie hat, I think. Yep. Yeah, he, uh, he, he went for it. He went all out. I wonder if he was with that guy that was dressed as Brother Love. Mm. That segment had no right to be that entertaining. Oh, yeah. 100%. I was, I was, it was so much fun. Yeah. It was really, really fun. It was really funny. Also very funny for, to watch a whole crowd of people get the Godfather's uh, catchphrase wrong. Yeah. Oh, you didn't know. No. <laughs> that one, right? He only goes like the Bim Daddy and say, and everyone went, Woo! It's like, no, you better say pimpin' ain't easy. That's, uh, that's, yeah. that's the Godfather's catchphrase. I and remember. Half the people managed to get that right. Uh, but let's have a quick Rusev Hey before we get out of here. This comes from Cody Buckingham. Hi, it Luke. won't be as good as ours. Hi, Luke, Ollie, and Laurie. I was listening to the WrestleTalk Ramble podcast with Raw, Raw Review this week, and you mentioned you are out of Rusev Hayes. Well, I have one for you from NXT TakeOver War Games in Los Angeles. Mm. After the show, my friend and I were outside the Staples Center waiting to cross the street to go back to our car, or as he's written here, to go hack to our car. While waiting, we saw Alexander Wolf and his lady partner just standing outside of the arena talking. No one had recognized him, probably due to the fact that Sansi have disappeared from SmackDown this year. Once we, once he knew we recognized him, he gave us a head nod and eye contact out of respect, and because he's with his lady partner, my friend and I just let him go about his night not to invade his privacy. It was pretty cool. It was a pretty cool way to end off an amazing night of wrestling. Thank you for all of your content and consistently good work you do at WrestleTalk from your loyal SWAF Nation member out here in Los Angeles, Cody Buckingham. P.S. If any of the WrestleTalk family ever visit the Southern California region, let me know. I'll happily take you lads out for a round on me and show you some great restaurants out here with like the A-OK emoji and what looks like a patch. It's like a brown patch emoji. Yeah, that is exactly a brown patch emoji. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's like that a better not be a drug thing, Cody. Chocolate biscuits, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well dealt with, Cody. Yes. That's a respectful way to treat people I'm, you, you shouldn't shake the lady partner's hand twice. <laughs> That's the you, you, rule you number dodge one. That one. Yeah, you absolutely. Dodge that one. Yeah. Do you think? Uh, I mean, that description of Alexander Wolf there. Mm. Now that's a lurker. <laughs> yes, just standing that's outside. That's a lurker. Like people, main roster stars who lurk around NXT events yeah. in hope that they'll just be added to a match. I think that's what they're going to do at TLC. They're just going to have like videos of Lars Sullivan hanging out by the bins mm-hmm. outside the arena. Lurking. Lurking. Knocking him over by accident. No, I think the camera will always be a few minutes too late mm. because he's he's one lurk ahead of the, the production crew. I hope that it's just, you only see it if you're looking out for it and it would just be like, there'll be someone doing a, like a backstage segment but if you look hard in the background, you just see two hands come around a pole mm. and then Lars Sullivan poke his head round. Yes. Lurking. And then then the head goes back, goes back yeah. and the hands go off. Only there if you notice it. Yeah, and then in catering, you're like, that woman's awfully large because it's dressed as a woman, but like in the, the chef overalls. St- still wearing and, his red trunks. Yeah. And you're like, wait a second, underneath that lipstick and that blonde wig, that's the face of Lurker Lars Sullivan. <laughs> yeah, just lurking around. Just lurking still in catering. <laughs> the Lurker. Anyway, that's all we've got time for on this show. We're going to be back tomorrow with the SmackDown review and... Boy, howdy, Ollie Davis. They've announced a corking match for SmackDown this week. It is, to really get you excited for TLC, Naomi versus Mandy Rose. 
Hey, I'm just in it for the rap battle this week. Yep. I'm looking forward to that. We have got the That's rap battle. That's my prediction. That's going to be good. <laughs> strong, strong prediction. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be back with a review of that show tomorrow and more. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.